Hi, I'm Al Lowe, and I'm listening to Adventure Game Hotspot. Welcome back, or welcome front, if it's the first time joining us. I am Joshua with Weird Gaming Adventure. As always, we got my friend, Adventure Game Geek, and special treat today, we got Jeff Tripoli joining us on the Adventure Game Hotspot podcast. How are you guys? Doing well. How are you doing? How are you doing today? Getting better by the minute, my friends. It's a it's a nice nice night for us. It's a nice away night for geek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty late here in the UK. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're looking fantastic, buddy. For eleven o'clock, I mean, uh, well, the hair quaff. You know, <laughs> oh, you know what it is. You know what it is. I was seeing Jeff Tripoli's reflection on your glasses. That's, that's what it was. What it <laughs> everybody's everybody's doing good. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Uh, hopefully, Geek can stay awake. But um, so yeah. we'll we'll throw this out. Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name's Jeff Tripoli. I'm a adventure game enthusiast. Um, I also, uh, I'm a member of and moderate a couple fan communities. Primarily, I moderate the, uh, Sierra Online and, uh, 90s PC gaming groups on, uh, Facebook. Uh, I also recently worked, uh, on behalf of, uh, Cygnus Entertainment at PAX, which is where, uh, the three of us met. Um, well, not you two, but the two of you met me. Uh, showing off Roberta Williams' new game, uh, The Colossal Cave Adventure 3D. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm no expert. I'm just an enthusiast, uh, but uh, I love to talk about this uh, topic, and I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. How many people are actually experts in the gaming <laughs> community? You know, I'd what say I mean? you two qualify. <laughs> oh, why? Because we have a channel that makes us experts. <laughs> I mean. The fact we'll that you've played 100 adventure games and can speak on them at length, that's pretty pro, I would say. Look well, at that. I, I don't know if, jo- like, jo- Joshua, like, have you played every game in your top 100? Because I think some of them you watched the last play. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, Jeff did a fantastic job, like, moving us right into the direction that we're going today. We're going to be talking about our, our my top 100 adventure games that uh, I put out every 10 days put out another uh 10 games on my youtube channel and uh basically i guess i could preface that by explaining so 100 games didn't play didn't play all 100 games no i probably played that makes me feel a lot better i maybe played 50 to 60 of them (laughs) um however if i watched like a let's play on them or something then then i counted them so I, I, Fair enough. I mean, I think uh, I think we can probably agree that uh, first and foremost, the story is the most important part of these games, the narrative experience. So, um, I mean, I think that counts for something. So, uh, that being said, now I feel like I wish I would have watched a bunch of Let's Plays of all of these games, but I'll do my best. I think I speak for Adventure Game Geek when I when I say that we based on what we always talk about it's obvious that the story is is first and foremost for us even if the the other stuff isn't that great if the story is good it carries us through and so hey geek what is that background oh uh you don't you don't recognize it i don't recognize it no oh okay well we, we can talk about that later then 
Ooh, guys, stick around because we're going to talk about that background. Jeff, you don't you don't know this background? I don't. I don't for a second when because it was came in a little pixely. It kind of looked like that um, remake of Gabriel Knight One from a few years ago, but I can tell it's not. No, no. Yeah, I see what looks like what an El Camino there or something. No, that's a. Oh, 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 God! Now you're going to put me on the spot with my car knowledge, which is zilch. So never mind. That was my first I thought. Anything. <laughs> I first thought, you know, that 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 looks like the remake of Gabriel Knight. However, I couldn't think of any scenes to where that would be. So right. actually, is that a Camaro? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, no, it, it's not really wallpaper. Like this is actually my real background, and like this, like this is this is what the UK looks like. <laughs> My it's dude, gorgeous. <laughs> You're outside in that environment at eleven o'clock at night. You're dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I like it. That's good. That's good. Okay, so as the country boys would say, let's get to getting. I don't know. All right. All right. So we're gonna go through. I, I, what do you say? I Is think that we like go through. Done, like, I give a list of like we'll go through ten and then. If you hear something that sounds, I don't like that, where, you know, ask questions, yada, 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 we'll emphasize on the yada. So we're going to start with 100, Riddle of Master Lou. 99 was Ween the Prophecy. 98 was Return of the Phantom. Number 97 was Rex Nebular. Boobies, there's boobies in that. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> 96 was Chewy, Escape from F5. Uh, 95 is Feeble Files. 94 is Escape from Monkey Island. 93 is Little Misfortune. 92 is Gold Rush. 91 is Broken Sword 3. Well, I don't think I've, I certainly have never beat any of those games. I do remember playing uh, Return of the Phantom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember thinking that presentationally it was kind of impressive. Isn't the voice acting really spotty in that game? Uh, you know what? I'd never played with the voices. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I, I remember it kind of having like sort of an echoey, like, uh, you know, the early, like, uh, Sierra voice acted games, like King's Quest five, where it sounds like they brought in, you know, the staff to come record the <laughs> character voices, but. I love that game. I, of course, I'm a huge Phantom of the Opera fan. So if you're going to give me anything where I could play outside, you know, with a little bit of Phantom offerings, fantastic. Uh, Geek. Do we any get any uh, any Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, musical quotes oh, in there? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I've always been intrigued by Ween the Prophecy. It's a game I've always been meaning meaning to play. It it, it looks like the kind of game that I would enjoy. Um, I, I always think about you now whenever, because that <laughs> is that that type of uh, that type of game that you like has the perfect amount of like a little bit of jokes in there. However, it's a serious it's a, it's a serious game. You know, it's dark. It's ominous. There's prophecies. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, but there's a prophecy. Uh -huh. This would happen. The world would end and there'd be a hero to save. And that hero is Ween. Not that terrible 90s. The band. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's going to be some people out there who are going to object to that characterization. 
Not me though. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I see you put little little misfortune in there. Um, although I I don't think uh, Fran Fran Bo is in your top one hundred, is it? No, never played that one. Oh, okay. Because like like for me, um, I played Fran Bo first, and mm -hmm. I, I thought that game was was uh, amazing. Um, just just like I, I mean like like for an indie game, I thought it was mm -hmm. really really good. I feel like that kind of falls in that golden era of the indie, um, the indie adventure games, uh, kind of coming back with their own new art style, not in the uh, retro pixel art style. Right, and I, I, I kind of love the, the kind of light and the dark world mm -hmm. mechanic and everything, like you know, like taking the pills and that, and, and all that. Um, so yeah, like that that game I really enjoyed, like Little Misfortune. Um, I, I was a, li a little, uh, I didn't like that one as much. So mm -hmm. I, I think I, I, I'd be really interested, like, you know, if you played Frambo, like what you thought of it compared to Little Misfortune. So that's a recommendation then. I should jump on Frambo. Yeah. What do you think of the art style? Of, of uh, oh, you mean of either of those? Right. Um, I, I, they are I, kind I, of I similar, really right? I, art I really style. Um, you know, uh, what to say about it? It took a lot for me to get on board. With it. It's one of those games where you know you look at it, you see previews, and it's like that's not gonna be me. I'm not gonna like it. Well, yeah, it's like however, a twee, isn't it? You know, kind of a little um deliberately cutesy, um, but right. you know, it's, it's, kind of with like, an ironic sort of a tongue-in-cheek kind of vibe. Right. To it. It's it's kind of cutesy with kind of like a with a dark side. Yeah. Uh, I'd equate it to the Alkaline Trio. Are you familiar with the band Alkaline Trio? Yeah, it's Alkaline Trio put into a video game. It like sounds all cheery, 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 but the the lyrics are are kind of dark. You know, sure. However, I guess we can or, put that or, or like My reverse. Chemical Romance or something like that. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, you uh, know, what, I will say about Broken Sword Three. Mm -hmm. Now that's an interesting choice because that sounds like it's definitely coming from a Broken Sword diehard because I know a lot of people do not like that game. Okay, so I can't stand Broken Sword Sword Four, and that's a I I love how you brought that up. I, I appreciate that. Um, I am very much a Broken Sword diehard, um, but not to the point to where I can't see a a bad or a good game. I mean, it is top low in the top 100, so I'll give you that. But. Right. Story-wise, it's phenomenal. However, at that time, it was when everything was trying to go to 3D. You know, there was some instant decision-making in there. I know a lot of people complain about the boxes. Uh, a lot of people complain right, about box pushing. ledge ledge puzzles. And what I say to that is freaking fantastic. I love them all. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I, I, I know it complains about when Zelda does that, right? Well, I mean, and you're kind of expecting that a little bit in a Zelda right. type of game. You were not expecting that in an adventure game, let alone a broken sword game. So I could see how it kind of punched people in the throat a little bit right. with it. However, if you take it for what it is, like the adventure itself, the puzzles are great, notwithstanding but too much boxes. Uh, I'll, I'll go there. <laughs> too much too legends. <laughs> but the dialogue was extra witty. And the setting, the story was great. I love how it went back to um, to the Templars as well. Um, 
I will freely admit that I stopped after I finished two. So uh, I've always meant to play three and four because five looks really good. I've heard not very good things about three or four. So I've been kind of hesitant. Um, and is three, um, three is kind of a little difficult to get running today, isn't it? Or did, does know. like the GOG package work? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it is from that era where... You that know, was such, a, that was such an are. awkward uh, growing pains kind of time for, I mean, well, arguably the death of the mainstream adventure game, but, you know, kind of being pigeoned or forced into sort of shoehorned into the 3D space, all these games kind of either sank or swam. And I think that this list definitely highlights some of the good and the bad ones, or at least the ones with qualifications as to their quality. And I am one of those who are going to be immediately skeptical about a 3D yeah. game. So it has to be truly good for it to, to push itself uh, on my list. Uh, upon further review, on looking over the game, I, I think, I, I, think I, I tried to push Gold Rush onto my list. I, I, I think I tried to put it on there just for nostalgia reasons. I, honestly, if I could do it again, it would be more closer to 100 or not on the list because it's true. Well, what do you think about that game? That game's been remade, hasn't it? Poorly. Okay. Poorly. I have not played the remake. I just remember mm -hmm. that game looking phenomenal for the AGI era of uh, the Sierra games. Okay. So we're going to move on a little bit here. So we're going to go to 90, which is Runaway Twist of Fate, 89, Capia. 88, Sherlock Holmes, The Awakened. 87 is Still Life. 86 is Space Quest 1. 85 is Techno Babylon. 84 is Life is Strange. 83, Legend of Kyrandia. 82, Discworld 1. And 81 is Kentucky Route 0. Let's, let's hear Geek first. Um, oh right, I, uh, you've got Legend of Karandia on that list. Like we, we were just talking about that the other week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that was the one that I I've actually played. I I think I probably would have liked the other ones, you know, if I played them a little bit more. However, like I know you guys were a little hard on on it. Yeah, maybe maybe I was a a, a little little hard on it, but. Um... I I always I always get that one confused with uh, Curse of Enchantia. There's like another fantasy game called Curse of Enchantia, and, and that I came out it. years later, though, right? Yeah, uh, I can't remember the exact year, but um... you know, I and that was one of the games where I tried very hard to like it as well. Like, especially as a, a younger man, it had everything that I like in a game. And so I was willing to overlook some of the what some people consider flaws. And of right, course, right. you know, it's, when you make your a list like this, you're not going to be 100% objective. And so that was one of those that I, I, I actually enjoyed because I think I wanted to enjoy it. I think that's the best way of describing it. Okay. Any of those strike, strike you, Jeff? Yeah. Um, well, uh, definitely getting into some territory where I played or have some opinions on. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, 
Life is Strange is an interesting choice here because I think, as you know, uh, some people would argue, I mean, certainly not a traditional point and click adventure, mm -hmm. but uh, if we distill the core values of the genre into, you know, creative storytelling mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, having you, you know, play through the entire story, have be an active participant in the unfolding story. I think that that game does an excellent job. Mm -hmm. and i, I think, think it borrows a, a lot of elements of describing that yeah uh i think it borrows a lot of elements from you know that that whole era with the the telltale era the uh walking dead um uh, wolf among us all those kinds of games uh to tell kind of a, a a story that you don't you definitely didn't see in the classic era of point and click adventure games it start you're starting to see stories like that in amongst pop culture however right certainly not in the adventure game genre I, nice analysis. right it, it felt like a, a really you know bold uh like a you know like a hbo series or something like that <laughs> you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a you know the kind of super supernatural drama you might see on television mm -hmm. it's far from perfect um I mean, the puzzle solving is essentially non-existent. Um, I, I hate the term walking simulator and I don't think it applies here because I think when you empower the player to make choices that affect the story, it, it's not really a walking simulator. And I also have no problem with things being walking simulators, but uh, yeah, I do think that's that it's, it's a good choice and I think it's probably appropriately placed on the list. I think that it would be, I wouldn't go so far as to say like the the puzzles are non-existent. I think traditional style puzzles. Right. And I, you're, you're right, actually, because there were those time mechanics where you retain your inventory uh, if you do certain things. I, I remember those those kinds of things. That Those were kind of creative, actually. But they weren't. I never found myself getting like too stumped for too long. You know, it's more of a it's more of a storyteller. Right. Now, you want to talk about walking simulators. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero is the epitome of the walking simulator. However, it's also the epitome of a fantastic, fantastic story that catches you off guard. Uh, have you played that one, Geek? Uh, no, no, I, I haven't played Kentucky Route Zero or mm -hmm. Life is Strange. Um, yeah, like I, I, or like, yeah, or any of the kind of telltale, telltale games, really. Right. Well, you are a still life fan, correct? Uh, still, uh, still life. I, I I have played. It was a long time ago, though. So let me get your opinion on on this, and because we kind of went this uh, went this way, and Jeff uh, Jeff pointed this out as well. Would you consider still life an adventure game? Um, I mean, yeah, as as as, as far as I remember it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Well, like, like, was was there something that that didn't make it an adventure game? Well, you know, Still Life One, would, I think, is has more of the adventure elements. Especially, you have the the storytelling, problem solving, and exploration. However, as it starts to progress, it kind of loses a little bit of the the traditional value of the adventure game adventure game genre. So, right. Oh, okay. Well, and, well, uh, it, it, it's it's. Uh, it's an adventure game um, be, be, because it was published by uh, the adventure game company. Right. Well, it's got it right on. It's got it right on the the production name, right? 
Okay. Anything else on there that uh, you think belongs or, you know, I wish that I had, uh, I only have the YouTube video. I wish I had the physical list uh, in front of me because uh, there were uh, one or two other ones in there that I, I would have commented on, but I mean, we got a lot of lists to go through. So (laughs) green screen. (laughs) Okay. So, and we're here we go again. Number 80 is the walking dead season one. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, 79 is Thimbleweed Park. 78 is Black Mirror 3. Heck yeah. 77 is... <laughs> Heck yeah. That's the subtitle, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. 77 is Toonstruck. I guess you could call that one half of Toonstruck. Uh, 76 is King's Quest 5. 75 is L.A. Noir. 74 is The Blackwell Chronicles. 73, Gemini Rue. 72, Drawn, and 71, Freddie Farkas. Al Lowe at his best with Freddie Farkas at 71. Okay. Catch, catch uh, those, Jeff? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wrote down most of them this time. <laughs> I definitely have some things to say in this segment. <laughs> All right. Since you're so eager, how about we make you wait? Geek? What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's fine. No. Go for it. I don't. I don't want to stand. You, know, you guys can arm wrestle for it. <laughs> is uh draw on the painted tower is uh is that a hidden object game or no? Because uh, like I think it's okay. Because I saw on on Big Fish Games, so I assumed it was. So. It's very much. Uh, it's very much an adventure. However, um, it, some would call it a well. It is a hidden object game. Like. It's more. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful types of games that you'll you will ever ever see. But it has elements of, like true elements of of the adventure game genre, and especially if you want to be very very casual, play that game. I, I mean, play that game. It is it is so good. Yeah, it's I a mean, good, I, good I, story. I, I, mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just asked if it was a good story good story and absolutely fantastic fantastic visuals yeah like like that that's what stood out to me because mm-hmm. i i played a lot of hidden hidden object games mm-hmm. actually um and and yeah like that one kind of stood out to me as being something a little bit a little bit different because because a lot, a lot of the hidden object games kind of like blur together they're all they they tend to be kind of very kind of samey uh, i the christie on steroids you know, kind of like a modern day um, castle of Dr. Brain style where there's a little bit more interaction than than your typical hidden object type of game, though. And definitely you're just there's decisions to be made in that as well. Um, yeah. First first King's Quest game in there, King's Quest five. Like, like do, you, do you have every King's Quest game in your top 100? Nope. Oh, you're just setting I mean, me up because you, you, you don't have Rap Eternity, do you? <laughs> uh, definitely not uh, King's Quest Eight. Um, so, and I and I know that you know this, but Jeff might not know this. I have never played, actually played any King's Quest game one through four outside of the AGDI remakes. I have, however, watched them several times on Game Grumps. But it was one of those, I think those were one of the games I'd probably like them more if I played them myself. Mm-hmm. 
Now, King's Quest V was the the first adventure game that I completed, like all the way through. So that has special. It was also my first adventure game. That was actually I that and Doom were the two game first games that I ever played by myself on PC. So that game definitely holds special place in my heart. Now, as far as it being a good game, it's kind of hard. I mean, it's it's an important game for sure. I mean, it it essentially introduced us to you know, the standard, uh, uh, the template of what the point and click adventure would become, you know, with the, at least the Sierra branch with the drop down menu of the the icons and, you know, the voice acting and, uh, you know, and, and, and it looked phenomenal. Those hand painted backdrops are still gorgeous today, I think. They hold up really well. The, the music was really beautiful, sounded really good on a MT32. Um, I think that's, it's just one of the most important adventure games of all time. It's kind of a pain to play these days, though. You got to grade it for its era, you know, and I think that's important to look at in when you're doing a a, a list, you know, it's, you got to grade it for when it was made, you know, and the value. And if we're grading it on that curve, I do think it deserves to be pretty high on the list. This, uh, I I feel like it could probably be a little higher personally, but. Yeah, I, I I would I would agree, but 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 yeah, like I I'd also say you know it, it's 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 a tough it's a, it's a tough game. Like I I uh, when I streamed it um like a year or two ago, like mm-hmm. I was reminded like how brutal it is and how how easy you can screw up, you know. Uh, Remember dropping the just dropping the honey and the gems in the middle of the woods for no yeah. damn reason for no reason. <laughs> You know what? But it made it so fulfilling when you when you actually passed into a location to right. where and did it right. <laughs> but, but I will I will just admit my you know adolescent self did not have the wherewithal for that. I you know had to had to get onto my you know dial up uh, modem and download a walkthrough <laughs> so uh, to get past some of those points. To where my friends and I like all got into gaming, let alone adventure games. You know, us mm-hmm. too, like Doom, you know, that era. Well, probably more Wolfenstein 3D before that. It was like the first first person shooter that I played. But however, like we it probably took us a year and a half or two years of cracking each other's heads back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure those things out, mapping out the deserts and and yeah. all of them. all of us i think the biggest thing that that killed all of us for the longest time and i'm to this day i'm convinced that my friend cheated and then told him that he told us that he figured it out was um something to do with the fish because i know we all collected the fish and realized like later on or we bought the fish or or something i can't really you grab a fish from a barrel i believe right it seemed like a successful idea you know and then like you traded or buy bought it for a, a coin or something i can't i can't remember and i know for a fact that i was stuck for probably six or seven months with um with the cat dead end cat and the rat dead end oh yeah because if that passes you by that that quick event you're yeah. done and you have you have no idea that that was it for you and and, and, and like, i'm really whoa. i'm really glad that game design Point and click adventure game design has, you know, eschewed that since then because that is that's it's pretty cruel, really. And I understand the value of that before, you know, uh, people owned quite as many games, and uh, you know, y- you had a game that lasted you months and months, and and 
you know, you would go through and try everything to see what, what stuck to the wall. But um, so yeah. When I, when I interviewed Roberta and I asked her, I, <laughs> when I, I said, interviewed Roberta. <laughs> yeah, when I, oh yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Well, when I no, asked her about that, she said for, she didn't remember that, that puzzle being an issue. But then I asked her later, like if we did it, if they happened to do that on purpose and she then responded by saying well you have to remember too people are playing fit paying 50 or 60 dollars for a game you want that game to have a lasting experience so i'm thinking right. you didn't know you didn't oh, know. really oh i thought it was just about just just an innocent oversight oh well <laughs> did know. Play, well, and, play and that seems to be her philosophy right now with what she's doing with uh you know, remaking Colossal Cave. It's, it's she's saying, you know, I don't want to do any hand holding. She's taking it back real old school, even older school than than I'm used to. So, see how that works out. To be determined. Uh, Black Mirror <laughs> Three. I gave it a heck yeah. Uh, geek. I, would, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love seeing uh, any of the Black Mirror games in there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting that you put put that put that in there. Um, because uh, not not everyone would have played like two and three. Um, oh, see, you got to play that whole series. I mean, it it absolutely is one of those those series. I I got that on like GOG as like a bundle, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I burned through those those three games like from start to finish. You know, like yeah, it's, it's it's one it's one great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I saw some mixed reviews of of it on GOG, which is why I've never actually purchased it. But I I see Lovecraft and I'm automatically hooked. Is it Lovecraftian? Because that's what at least that's what the press kit says. You might um, have to explain to me what that means. Uh, you know, cosmic horror. Like, so the, there's something out there. Usually, something you know that drives someone crazy or something like yeah. that. A dark, you know. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think there's like there's some there's some aspect to that, but I, I I lost count of the number of games where like they say, oh, it's inspired by ancient right, Lovecraft. like That's they love thing, yeah. like there's so many of those. Yeah. Uh, Is that an author? Yeah, Lovecraft. Oh, boy, now I feel really ignorant. That's embarrassing. Well, and, and and he has a huge influence on on video games, uh, just because uh, I mean. Uh, you know, he he essentially invented the genre of cosmic horror, which is you know the whole ancient gods and and uh, you know uh, yeah Cthulhu, all that stuff. So uh, I don't think that a game or a or a work has to necessarily cite his his particular pantheon to be considered Lovecraftian horror. It just it kind of has to have an element of the unexplained that that this you know drives people to madness, sort of thing. Right. I'm going to need you to say less words that I don't understand. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Me sorry. <laughs> I can't. All right, let's move on. Uh, Indigo <laughs> Prophecy, number 70. 69 is Siberia 2. 68 is Dreamfall. 67, The Journeyman Project 3. 66, Kathy Rain. 65, Conquest of Camelot. 64 is Gabriel Knight 3. 63 is Quest for Glory 1. 62 is Mist. 61 is Orc Grand Inquisitor. And that's where we stop right there. <laughs> this is a doozy of a segment. So Oh, I can't wait for this. Yeah. I'll try and keep my mouth shut for a little while. You guys have it. No, out. go for it. <laughs> well, so, okay. So 
Oh, go ahead. No, please. No, 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 no. Go on, Jeff. Go on, Jeff. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, okay. So, uh, Kathy Rain, I think definitely, uh, as far as modern uh, indie adventure games go, I think it should definitely be up there. Um, I, I know you have Blackwell Chronicles. Uh, first of all, kind of clumped together as one game. It's one. It's one for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's interesting because you know that that did take over a decade to produce five different games. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I think it might be a little unfair to call that one game, but right. Um, I also do think that the high points of Blackwell kind of supersede um, Kathy Rain a bit. Kathy Rain is Kathy Rain definitely wears its influence on its sleeve, right? I mean, it's 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 that. Gabriel Knight, and I yeah. think Black. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, no, please. Well, I think Blackwell is too, and even Dave Gilbert said during that panel, you know, that was me trying to do Gabriel Knight, but I feel like it's a little, it's a little more, um, it's a little more of an influence rather than an homage to like Kathy Rain is is definitely Kathy Rain's trying to let you know we love Gabriel Knight, which is great because I love Gabriel Knight as well, but. I think uh, I think there's also some full throttle in there with like the the, the biker character. She rides her yeah, motorcycle. Definitely. Um, Blackwell Chronicles, uh, I I think started like it all the, the entire story. I guess we'll start like at the beginning. Started out really bad, in my opinion. Yeah, very. The much first came, game was a little weak. Into its own, so I really wanted to to have the story, you know, like that whole series as one because. It, it i don't look at the beginning as like as what it is or most people they look at okay the first game is like the highest peak and then it goes lower from there you know whether it be in movies or something and in this well, certainly is, not with that series i would argue the opposite that game oh, has yeah. a has a yeah very much so um and kathy rain um I think I might have actually overrated that in an attempt to get more moderns, what I consider more moderns in there, because my, mm -hmm. my list is heavily weighted with the classics. Sure. Um, it was an enjoyable game, very much an enjoyable game, one that I couldn't easily relate to, but I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, I, that's where it fitted in for me, for my criteria. Um. Uh. So, like, uh, did you put put Mist in there? Um. Uh, just for like posterity, or is it really one of your favorites? That's a good. That's a good game. Or that that is a, well, a good question for a a good game for what it is. However, I think it's it's gotten by more on mystere. You know, like the mystique of of what it is. Like their their marketing campaign is probably the greatest marketing campaign that gaming has ever seen. You know, what they sold, the way that they sold their games, like they made it to where uh, you weren't hip if you didn't have a CD-ROM uh, right. in there. Yeah. You weren't like an art fan uh, type of thing. And so it took a long time for me to, to truly appreciate what it was. Um, and... I, you're, that's an astute uh, observation. I, I think that is a good place to where the game belongs. Yeah. And I don't want to give it too much credit because it wasn't as entertaining as I would have liked it. And so I, I think that's interesting because um, 
I, 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 it's hard to look at the game objectively because Mist, it's up there with Doom, with SimCity, with I mean, it's Not it's Rushmore. a wildly influential game. Like you said, it sold, mm-hmm. it sold us on the CD-ROM drive. People bought CD-ROM drives just so that they could play that game. It also, you know, it had like any game that influential it had positive and, and negative influ- uh, um, influences with you know just like we had doom clones we had so many misclones and i feel like that lives on today you know uh and in the casual game mist kind of in a lot of ways birthed the the cd bargain bin genre of first person point and click adventure games but also it was revolutionary in its own right you know, uh, I think that I think that influ- influence, if we're talking pure influence, this is easily a top 10, if not top five game. If we're talking enjoyable experience where I want to install that on my computer and play it today, I think this is probably pretty appropriately placed. Yeah, uh, Jeff, Jeff just said very eloquently what I was thinking. <laughs> And you no, know, and and that's exactly was my reasoning too. You know, like it gets it gets a lot of weight based off its power. You know, from from what it is, what it's done, and then you try to you know contrast it with enjoyability. You know, or at least for for my for where I have was in life at that time, and for where I am in life now, replaying it, and uh, and so I think it's it it slots right in around sixty or sixty ish for me. So. I mean, I, 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 I personally love love Riven. I, I, I like Riven more than Mist, for sure. I think I think anybody can say that. Uh, and as you'll you'll notice, I'll def I definitely agree with that as we get we'll, lower we'll down. Get to that. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, are we able to kind of live here for a minute because there's sure. some heavy hitters on oh, this? Oh, please, segment. yeah. If, if you ever feel okay. like jumping in, uh, yeah, please. Well, okay. So uh, I at least can't let this go without getting i'm a huge gabriel knight fan so you've got gabriel knight three here i'm not sure if we should talk about it now or when we get higher in the list where i think it should belong but okay well now um, this is where it's at so let's talk about number three specifically yeah uh fair enough uh yeah um i think that this game uh probably uh you know i i can't compare it to broken sword three because i haven't really played that game Mm -hmm. um but it's probably similar for you where you know you feel like you're you have to you're you feel like you're in the position where you need to defend this game this game obviously is is sort of a casualty of the 3d era of being shoehorned into 3d technology especially when the design team felt you know was very vocal about feeling like they didn't really have enough of a grasp on the tech that they were using to kind of fully take advantage of it that said i think gabriel knight 3 does a really interesting thing where um you know it it uses the 3d as an element of the interface design which i don't you didn't really see with the other 3d adventure games at this point they just kind of incorporated 3d with either 3d models on 2d backgrounds or you know fully explorable whatever but in this this game you're controlling you know sort of a, a you're controlling a disembodied camera and you move Gabriel around the world and you can kind of zoom in and investigate at free will. And, and you can warp Gabriel across the screen and you have this whole, you know, this, this plethora of tool, you know, this whole tool set of uh, detective 
kind of gear. You've got your fingerprint kit, you've got your high-tech laptop, you know, you're cross-referencing, you know, digital sources. And it kind of just feels like this huge international conspiracy theory that puts you in the actual driver's seat where you you feel like you're getting to solve it. And I, I think it's so underrated. And I think because it's, it is kind of a profoundly ugly game at this point um, that it kind of gets, it kind of gets the shaft, you know? So yeah. go ahead. Uh, yeah. 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 Sorry. So, so, so you think pe- people kind of judge it unfairly, like just based on like the graphics right? they, alone. Yeah. yeah. They just kind of look at it and just be like, Oh, you know, I don't like that. Plus yeah. Tim Curry is, is over the top in that game. It's, it, it, okay. It's, that's, it's a, that's a huge thing. And something I've said on this, this channel many times, um, but I'll, I'll leave that actually to, to when we get further on down the list sure. for that per- particular critique <clears throat> of Tim Curry's voice acting as Gabriel Knight. Um, this game gets there based on storytelling and puzzles alone. I, I could literally say that every other aspect, like primary aspects, in my opinion, are, are tragic. Um, <laughs> no, no. Truly, truly, the the free floating camera thing. I I quit that game four times before I forced myself to to actually get into it and play. And I'm glad that I did, but I didn't appreciate it as much as I did when I actually forced myself to sit down because it wasn't natural for me. I used a walkthrough because I I it was Gabriel Knight and right. it, it's such a I, I have such a a love you know, in my heart of Gabriel Knight. And so I, I just did it as almost like a job, you know, cause I wanted to actually see the story and try it's it out. Duty, yeah. Right. And I think that that is one of the few times that I can say that if they did a, a reimagination or if they did a, another version of it, it would be incredible. Didn't like right. Gabriel Knight one. I shouldn't say I didn't like, I didn't. To your top 10, isn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, when they redid a uh, remaster. Oh, like, yes, yeah. But in this case, I think a remaster make it more typical point and click. Absolutely, yeah. It would be. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would, I would love to, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think it was just, yeah, because the technology at the time just wasn't quite there yet. Right. And it looked it just, truly bad too. It yeah. looked really, really bad. Yeah, like, and I was kind of impressed at the time when I was, you know, I, I think I was in middle school when that game came out and i i remember being kind of impressed with it but looking back on it and comparing it to even you know deus ex or something like that another 3d yeah. game contemporary which also doesn't super hold up today it it does look as you said tragic but yeah. uh you Any also have quest for glory here? one on here yeah and i think we should definitely talk about that but i i feel like i've been steamrolling you guys so maybe you should have first crack at it well, I, I guess that would be me. I don't. I, did you play that one? I know you played uh, like one of them or parts of them, right? Uh, Quest for Glory. No, no. I mean, I, I, I played. You know, I started playing it, but I didn't. Uh, I, I never finished it. Uh, Quest for Glory One was one of those. Uh, another one of those games. That I think they really mastered the series towards the middle or the end of of, of the series. Um, it just wasn't it wasn't there for me in any of the aspects compared to like quest for glory floor for the floor quest for <laughs> glory four or you know something a lot later on down the line um no hate for it but 
I wanted to find a place for it where it sat, um, where I didn't feel guilty about putting it because it, it, to my opinion, it wasn't, it, it wasn't what a top like 50 type of game for me. Cause once it gets to like, especially 40, the games are truly special, special to me. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a couple later on, you know, quest for glories that were special. Uh, it was just, it was just kind of there for me. I think that's the best way of describing it. Oh, you know? okay. So I definitely feel like this is a, a, a major innovation, uh, especially for, for Sierra for adventure games. We're talking about probably the first cohesive, fully working adventure game, role-playing game hybrid, where I, in my opinion, it excels at both. So, and I, you say that it, it's kind of just there, but in a lot of ways, I feel like this is a very fully realized project, you know, um, it, it's got stuff that you would see later on in like the Elder Scrolls series with like the skills grinding oh, and sure. that sort of thing, where you're incorporating, you know, what your character can physically do into the puzzle solving, which is super it's, unique, I think, you know, and, and, and still you don't see that much of that today. It's one of the games that I'm grading off the innovation, you know, what it did to kind of, in a lot of ways, um, I don't want to say it invented the the adventure aspect uh, or the action aspect of of adventure games, but it was the certainly battle one. The system is rough. <laughs> I mean, but I enjoyed that. That was one of the more enjoyable aspects, uh, like of the game for me, because it it was unique. It gets better later on, you know, down mm-hmm. the series. Uh, but I'm I'm doing that as one of the placeholders to give it uh, to pay homage to to what it did. Um, Fair right, but it just didn't. It just didn't capture me, you know, yeah. like like some of the later later ones. So uh, let's try to move on just a little bit faster here. I, I think this this next one shouldn't be too hard to to break down here. So Sam Max season two um, is number 60. Uh, number 59 is Lighthouse. I think we might I have something to say about that like later on. Uh, 58 is Discworld 2, 57 is Simon the Sorcerer 2, 56 is King's Quest 7, 55 is King's Quest 3, the AGDI interactive remake. Uh, Number 54 is I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, 53 is Black Mirror 2, 52, Book of Unwritten Tales 2, and 51, Black Dahlia. All right. Yeah, yeah some, some, some really some interesting choices there. Oh wait, so, sorry, you said that fifty nine was lighthouse because, like, in your video here, it's shadow of the comet. Okay, you know what? I, um, I here's the thing. This is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> when I made my video, like this was this was my actual list. Uh, lighthouse was on my actual list, and uh-huh. I have shadows of the comet, and I cut it off. <laughs> and put lighthouse or uh, put uh, shadows of the comet on it instead of lighthouse. Oh, and so yeah, that was another time that uh, I've been caught up on this. And another one in that, in the last one, I never actually put Conquest of Camelot on my list. That was a blank one. I jumped uh, from sixty six to sixty four. And so yeah, that's embarrassing. I forgot that I I made that mistake. So. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that then, because I never actually gave a, gave a thing about Lighthouse then. Um, I think Lighthouse is much better than this. I think Lighthouse is one of the more underrated games out there. What do you think, Geek? 
Um, I I can't I can't I can't really comment. It's one of those another another one of those games in my long list of games that I've been meaning to play. But oh, haven't. see, I thought for sure that you'd have played that one. No, like I I, I start I started playing it, and then I just uh, I don't know. Like I I got to a certain point, and uh, I think I just gave up for some reason. Oh. I purposely I omitted why. Shadows of the Comet and put Lighthouse on there to make a point that I thought it was better than Mist, too. That's uh, one. Of, that's one of those. Did you play that one? Jeff? I did not play. I did not play Lighthouse. I was not big on the first person ones. <laughs> okay. I, I I've played a lot of other kind of like Mist, you know, so called Mist clones like right. that. And, and there's a, a lot of games I I kind of you know I, I I do like better than Mist. You know, honestly, like. Uh, uh, or a fate of the ages uh mm-hmm. that one and kind of game, games like that um so uh yeah um so where what's your guys stance on king's quest 7 because that's a hot topic in a, for a lot of people you go first geek uh right okay uh, okay so, so what's the hot topic the fact that it's like some people don't don't like it as much right they i mean they thought it was it kind of change the direction of of the the franchise a little bit and they did I, right yeah but but the franchise was always kind of changing direction in in, True. in, mm-hmm. in, in some way I, I i personally really really enjoy it you know okay. um and i i think uh, i think that's a pretty a pretty good place for it that's probably probably around like where i would put it actually um, i love you in a weird way geek <laughs> <laughs> i guess <laughs> I think I, I think I fully agree with that uh, assessment. I think King's Quest Seven is a delightful game. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of the issues that people had with it um, are are you know kind of contrast with with the the criticisms that were you know aimed at the series before, which are you know the difficult puzzle design, the the moon logic. Not that there's no moon logic in there, but I think it's a delightful game, and I think that the Disney aesthetic was sort of something that Roberta Williams kind of always lean toward anyway and then it got to the point where they thought that they at least they thought they could realize that aesthetic and and they did they did it you know the best they could at the time um and they were going uh, for that they did well yeah uh Uh, i think that also a lot of people had a problem honestly with the dual female protagonist i think if we're if we're being honest i think if i think this game would not live so low on these lit not this list but you know uh, on a list of king's quest games if it had been rosella and king graham for instance you know i think people would have been really stoked to see king graham in that sort of disney animation but you know i think i think it's a great game and i think with king's quest 3 the agdi uh remake i think that that is a perfectly acceptable way to play that's the only way i would play that game today so this topic going back to king's quest 7 just a hair that that's gotten me in in trouble a little bit and i'm going to stand stand firm you know um it it does lose points for me a little bit because it's hard for me to relate to it you know um like when i like when i read a book you know i i generally read a book you know like male protagonist books because i want to have some it to be relatable to me um, so I lost a little bit of points on that. However, like the way the game was made, it allows you to just kind of disconnect from what your life is and just go that direction. Okay, well, it does a good job capturing you 
as you know as the queen as gosh I, like what is her name geek rosella or valenice oh sorry you said no, the, the, <laughs> the queen what's what's the queen's name oh what valenice you mean valenice okay yeah. that's a, that one gets me that one gets me hard <laughs> or even if it was like sorry, two what? younger people even if it was two younger girls, maybe that would, you know, but I had zero relation to a whining, you know, style of girl and also zero relation to an older. And so, and, and when you're a teenager, you know what I mean? Like that weighs, that weighs more on you, you know? Sure. So, hmm. But I um, thought, I thought it was delightful. I think Valenice is a delightful character to play. It's the only time we got to play her. I, I wish we would have got to see her more if the series had really continued. And I think you see the elements from that game carried on into the King's Quest reboot from 2015 or 2016, where you've got the, you know, you die, you get to try again with some witty remark or what have you. But yeah, anyway. Incredible voice acting in that, by the way. I truly, I truly enjoyed the voice acting. Unless they were screaming. Unless the, <laughs> the sky is falling! The sky right. is falling! <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> okay, so let's try to kind of zoom through some of these a little bit faster here. Um because we're oh, definitely oh, we gonna help more right? to... what's that? Are we, are we moving on? All right. I I I I was I was gonna comment on the fact that how it's how it's interesting that you have like in close proximity uh King's Quest uh seven and I have no mouth that I must scream. <laughs> <laughs> Which are like such different very games. similar. <laughs> Okay, so we have number. F Where are we? Oh gosh, so we're at we're at fifty. Okay, let me let me actually drop one more question for you guys here. What's your what's your take on Black Dahlia? Have you played it, Jeff? I know. I have I not. No, that's the okay. That's the is that the one with the Dennis Hopper in it? It is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he, think, he's in it. well, he's in it. Not not for not for that long, but he is in it. <laughs> but everybody knows him to be in that. Long enough to put him on the box, I assume. <laughs> yeah. He basically just it... he sits in a chair the whole time. He's creepy oh. though. I mean, it's this awkward. So okay, so let's let's go on to fifty. Torn's passage. Forty nine. Star Trek Judgment Rights. Forty eight. Leisure Suit Larry Seven. 47, Tales of Monkey Island. 46, Heavy Rain. 45, Police Quest 2. 44, Tex Murphy, Under a Killing Moon. 43, Blade Runner. 42, Runaway. And 41, Machinarium. 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 Okay. <laughs> Break it apart. So, so, so you ranked Runaway above Blade Runner? Oh no! <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> oh man, yeah. You know, you know how much I love I love Blade Runner. Like everybody knows how much I I, I love Blade Run Blade Runner. I was surprised how low that ended up. On yeah, I, I by low I mean higher. higher on my list than I expected it to be in the forties. Runaway was amazing to me. It really wasn't that great of a game, you know. However, but when it came out, it blew up my skirt and I don't wear a skirt. So that's a lot, you know, that, that's a lot of, of action there. I mean, it was so. Should try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was such a beautiful game, it's, you know, at a time when there was no games at that era that was looking like that. The voice acting, like even the storytelling was like out of this world, you know. And so that was one of the games that brought me back into being an adventure game fan after a lull, you know, in my fandom. Ah. So so that's very much a, a, a strong game for me in my in my life, I believe. Not that that would make a lot of, uh, it would hold a lot of weight to other people, but on, on my list, that's kind of where I judge that one. Oh, so. oh okay. Now, now, now I understand. Mm -hmm. So you, you, your, your description of blow, blowing up your skirt, like totally uh, explained it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It blew the boys away. It was more than they seen to, to quote, uh, to quote Tom Petty. Jeff? anything oh, on those um what what did you say after torrent's passage i'm sorry i meant to write it down and then i missed that it. was star trek judgment awesome. rights ah yes okay so i have not played judgment rights but i loved uh 25th anniversary which okay. i believe was the one before before it i think that uh, and I, I i guess i have played a little bit of it i know enough to know that it's the exact same format and i really loved that whole um you know they brought the entire cast Mm -hmm. in to do the voice acting port if you have the cd version you've got the space combat and then you have this sort of the, the episodic like it feels like you're playing an episode of the original series and i think it was a really well done game i do have a little bit of uh trouble trying to get into it today mm -hmm. uh it's kind of got a little bit of a, a barrier of entry for me with like the, the sort of is that one of those games that, that, that doesn't have a, a port on it yet or like a gog a gog or steam port uh, it, it, it is available for GOG, both the, oh. that uh, and uh, 25th uh, anniversary. Gotcha. Uh, let me ask you, um, well, we don't need to touch on Blade Runner, but Leisure Suit Larry 7, I took a lot of heat for having that one so low on my list. And when I say low on my list, like people wanted it to be ranked closer to 1 or 20, you know, and so for Leisure Whoa. Suit Larry 7. What what's your guys' thoughts on on that criticism? I'm not familiar with Leisure Suit Larry being that acclaimed. Uh, oh, Leisure Suit Larry Seven. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I I kind of thought of all of those sort of those Disney animated uh, Sierra mm -hmm. games as kind of ranking a little lower than their uh, earlier SCI counterparts. So I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I didn't realize Larry Seven in particular was was more highly regarded or something. I I. I... I actually, I, I did actually play that one um, just because I was doing a video and I needed some clips from it, so I just decided mm -hmm. to play to play through the game. Um, but uh, I no, think like that it, was one of those games that kind of introduced, like especially some of the the later adventure fans of that era into Larry because it, it was kind of a catchy look you know mm. the voice the voice acting was in was in that one so a lot of people have an affinity for it um there was a couple couple innovative things in there oh, if you it, if you like actually scratching and smelling farts on a yeah yeah yeah, yeah it had the scratch <laughs> like smell of looking thing yeah yeah that, that 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 was kind of an innovation i guess not meant not many games had that there and i learned what a dildo was from uh oh wow how old were you when watching. that game came out <laughs> I, I don't know like 13 or some 14 or something oh, like that okay. I, don't, I don't remember I, 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 my favorite so i played it like three four years ago 
I honestly didn't even know what it was the whole time I played it. Like, I just thought it was... You didn't know it's, like, like, greater context as a series or anything that was, like, the first one you played, or...? No, no, Uh, I played Leisure Suit Larry 1 for... Oh, you talking to Geek? No, no, well, either of you. I I thought that's what you were saying, though. I didn't know what a dildo was. Honestly... (laughs) (laughs) One more time? What was that about skirts and dildos? (laughs) It's a comfortable guys. I, I, I honestly I, I haven't played the rest of rest of the series. Like I know, you know, a few things about it. Uh I've I've, I've seen some clips. Um it's the kind of thing my parents like wouldn't let me play when mm-hmm. I was younger. So. I'm sure if my parents knew that I was sneaking onto my uncle's computer and playing Leisure Suit Larry one, I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate me playing that uh, that either. So <laughs> uh anyway, oh Torrance Passage. Yeah, I, I'm really happy to see that on there. Yeah, like that—that's a very underrated game. I feel. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think it really took that King's Quest Seven aesthetic, that that that, that Disney slash Don Bluth kind of aesthetic, and really ran with it. And and I think the animation in that game is much higher quality than King's Quest Seven. And and Al Lowe really, um, who knew he had that kind of disney charm in them you know like from, from <laughs> yeah, going from i, I was, I was uh, surprised that was an owl game i was like really like uh it's like right. it's, it's not it's not nothing like let us do larry so yeah i mean i think most of us when we think of owl we think of larry even to a, a lesser extent we think of freddie farkas which is kind mm-hmm. of a silly like fart style joke type of uh it's like, you know, it's like western uh space quest kind of yeah spaghetti western meets adventure game you know type of thing but of course we got to remember that's how that's how Allo started his uh started his tenure with with sierra but um okay well i think this is a this is a good point to hold off on the list guys so this is going to be a two-part series so let everybody know so tune in next week to hear 40 through 1, 1 through 40, depending on how your brain works. To close this off, though, we're going to do our top three favorite games of all time outside of adventure. This was uh, this was Adventure Game Geek's idea, and I think it's a great one. <laughs> so who wants to go first? Geek, you go first. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, like, like, well, we can alternate, right? We can yeah, go back. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, top top three, right? Not not top five. Okay. Yeah, top three. Um, right. Uh, number three for me is uh, Legend of Grimrock Two. Um, like it, it, it would have been Eye of the Beholder. Like I, I, I played a lot of RPGs on the Amiga back in the day, mm-hmm. and Eye of the Beholder was was my favorite. Um, and then more recently, the last few years, I played Legend of Grim- Grimrock 2, and um, like I have, I have to admit, like that, uh, you know, I think that's the that, that's a better, you know, a better game. Um, I was just, uh, yeah, I was just like blown, I was blown away by that. It's just, um, it just, uh, it's 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 such a brilliantly like d- designed game. There's like so many, you know, like secrets in it. It's got like a great story. There's like there's some like epic battles, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, like especially at the end, like when you confront like the, you know, like the bad guy. Um, it's you know, it takes place on on this like rooftop, 
of this like you know fortress and then he's like su- summoning like all different waves of creatures you know and all that and it's hmm. it's just like it's just uh it's it's incredible um i never played and, that one yeah Neither like i, I mean yeah. i played grimrock one and i didn't like it so much because you know it's all kind of it's all set it's a typical mm-hmm. kind of dungeon crawler game mm-hmm. and i didn't think it was anything kind of really that special compared to you know the older dungeon crawlers like you know dungeon master 2 or eye of the beholder mm-hmm. um but like grimrock 2 has so many kind of like you know outside areas that you can also you know dive underwater and there's like stuff you can find underwater and stuff um and uh yeah i just i, I really loved it it's such an immersive game um so jeff that's three uh, i haven't played that one um i so i was trying to mix it up a little bit with modern and retro mm-hmm. is that okay or are we just going retro here okay no, yeah. uh well uh, just to kind of throw in something that i played a little more recently um uh, I think probably the scariest game I ever played, uh, my number three spot is uh, Resident Evil 7. Um, mm. I thought that that really, um, uh, when you played the, you know, the original Resident Evil or the original like Alone in the Dark on PC, um, it mm. really brought back that sort of, um, that terror of being like alone in an enclosed space with, you know, things coming out of the walls at you. So, you know, a pretty decent story that really kind of was an antidote to, I think some of the the kind of crazier, uh, more fantastical stuff that had been going on in the series. I kind of didn't play the whole middle part of that series. And honestly, I'm not like a Resident Evil diehard, uh, but I do think that is one of the best horror games we've ever played. So, huh. Never played a Resident Evil game outside of at the arcade. You know, those okay. were those were fun. I haven't played any of the arcade ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I have seen those those light gun ones, but yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I think my uh, my third and counting down is going to be um, Legend of Zelda from what was it 1987 or something. I and now I played it as I was a little bit older. I think I was like. It was after quite a while after the game. So the first Zelda is your favorite. The the first, the gold cartridge one. And that's the only games that I played up until, um, up until computers. Uh, So I liked how in like every screen, there was some sort of secret passage in there. And that's, that's really cool to me. Like not only is it fun to play, play the game itself, but to find the secrets inside each screen. And so I remember I just spending countless, countless hours as as a child going in every screen, putting a bomb, making fire, you know, in certain locations to try to open up passages. And uh, that was that was special to me. So. All right, Geek, what do you got? Uh, yeah. My, uh, so my number two is uh, Final Fantasy seven. OK, um, I, I, I haven't played all the all the Final Fantasy games, but uh, de- de- definitely seven is probably the game that i've played the most out of any game mm-hmm. i think like you know i've spent like a few hundred hours play, playing that game <laughs> you know just yeah like you know like i i got totally obsessed with like you know le- leveling up and like you know leveling the materia and i i i can't tell you how long i spent like racing and breeding choc- chocobos you know <laughs> it's it's just you know just to get like knights of the round and all that like i just uh I was like obsessed with that game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, can, can I cut in and have this dance for a second? Let me ask you a, a follow up question to that. 
now I, and maybe it's more of a statement with a little bit of a question. So I enjoyed Final Fantasy VII as every gamer would. But what do you think of Final Fantasy VIII? I, I I really I didn't like it as much at all. Really? Like I, I, no, no, I, I just uh, I I I couldn't I just couldn't get my head around the combat at at, at all. Like the oh the the, the drawing uh-huh. system or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Like, I just I don't know. It, it's kind of a personal choice, but just like you know, when right. I played Final Seven, like the, I I I had no problem like fighting combat after combat. You know. Uh, and it it just never got old for me. Whereas like Final Eight, I just I really struggled with it. I love the uh, combat, dude. I love uh, okay. it. Yeah. I love Seaford too. Seaford was eight such for cool me. Character. Huh? Oh, is it really eight for you? Oh yeah. I mean, well, well, as far as between seven and eight, yeah, uh-huh. eight for me. Yeah. Well, and you got to remember too. That was one of those games that you know seven was was groundbreaking. You know, yeah. and then that's up there with like. To, yeah, eight was able to uh, incorporate like extra extra things in there, you know. But uh, and I played seven after I played eight, so that has something to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I remember playing eight as a as a teenager or something, which inspired me to play seven. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think it's also yeah, it's also the 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 game that I just I played at university mm-hmm. with you know with my housemates on on the playstation and yeah that like that's just what we had um yeah like my 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 housemate was really was really proud of the fact that he defeated sakharoff at, at, at the end and i was like look you know that, that, that that's really not like the greatest achievement every you know any <laughs> any anyone can defeat sakharoff i mean you know like you didn't even master all your materia not me <laughs> I just remember hours and hours long conversations with my best friend over the phone where he would relay the details of the plot to me because I didn't have a PS1 when that game came out. And I was just like, you know, I felt like I knew the entire plot before I ever got my hands on the actual game. So like, I like you, buddy, but can we talk about Carol Burnett show now? (laughs) Yeah, that was, you know, obviously Carol Burnett, like any sixth grader. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got for number two, Jeff? Uh, I got Doom, and I don't think it needs that much explanation, but I will say that, um, you know, besides being hugely influential, I love what is still going on with it today, that um, modding community has been, I would argue it might be, you know, the strongest modding community out there, um, and they're keeping it alive, and there's just so many thousands and thousands and thousands of ways to play that game today and uh it's a it's a classic for a reason i mean it's it's yeah it, 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 well it didn't do it first but you know it, it it cemented the template for what was to come and it did it right and i think that its gameplay loop is still satisfying today oh man geek did you play doom uh i no sorry you didn't i think you're fired it? from video games <laughs> yeah um i remember gosh i think it was like 1992 or not, it had to be 92 or 93 because uh I, I always associate what game came out with what i was doing in my life but i remember sitting playing uh like listening to alanis morissette jagged yeah. little Hill, and like bush <laughs> like uh, uh like bush uh, like getting scared to death like in my room and like whenever my I'd hear my parents like walking down the, the hallway or something, like I'd, I'd like turn the game off because I didn't want them to really know what I was playing. 
Like, it's okay, mom. I'm just killing demons and uh, and undead Nazis in a mode <laughs> called Knee Deep in the Dead. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle gave it to me. <laughs> I have to say, Geek, I'm really surprised you never played Doom before. That's crazy. No, but, to me. It's, it's not just Doom. It's yeah, sorry, uh, sorry to disappoint you. It's 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 not just it's not just Doom. It's basically like any kind of first person shooter. I just never, sure. Just it's never been like my thing. Yeah, uh, it's not for everyone, I guess. I thought it was, but I guess not. <laughs> no. I definitely fell out of love with first person shooters. Yeah, and I won't say I stuck with the genre, but I I do think that Doom is a masterpiece of a game. So, and I think most people would agree. Um, I had I I was considering putting Doom, but after you made the mention of that earlier, I thought that you'd put it on your list, so I omitted it. Um, my second is going to be Morrowind, Elder Scrolls mm. Morrowind. You, you talked about one of the most um, active modding communities. My God. Like Morrowind, all those Elder Scroll games, Scrolls games, like that's that's got to be up there with them as well. And I played every inch of that game and all of the expansions on that. Just it was it had something. There's some aura to it, you know, with the the ambiance, the music. It was gorgeous. Look, it it just it, I just felt like I was I was there and stealing everything. I still I still spoons, dude. <laughs> Like I could, like I was the biggest klepto in that game. Just like if I could steal it, I was stealing it because that was the most fun aspect of the game. <laughs> but yeah, I think that game really captured that sort of that cinematic high fantasy in a way that uh, it, it was really kind of the first to do it that well. I mean, obviously you had Daggerfall uh, before that, um, which I think and you can argue is a more complex game. Uh, it's got a, a much bigger map, and it's it's essentially a fantasy life simulator. You can buy buy and trade property in that game. Like mm -hmm. there's an economy and everything, but Morrowind just really kind of distilled everything into one really just beautiful streamlined package. Some would say Skyfall, or you know, was a Skyfall. My, <laughs> we're talking about Bond movies <laughs> now. Skyrim, Skyrim 007 was Skyrim. Better, but I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Geek? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, for my number one. Hold on, let's do a drum roll. <laughs> um, it's it's got to be uh, Silent Hill Two. Woo! Is, okay, uh, is my favorite, and 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 this this is the background which you for, you didn't ah. recognize. I see it now. Okay, <laughs> it's 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 the opening scene uh, from uh, Silent Hill Two. Yeah, um, and we were talking about it earlier too. All right. Yeah, yeah, that game. I just yeah, I I love everything about. Silent Silent Hill Two. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a fan of like the whole Silent Hill series. I, I feel that Silent Hill Two is definitely like the best, the best in the series. Um, it's just such a, it, you know, it, it's such a deep and complex game, and just like the kind of psychological aspect to it. You know, the, like there's so many. Uh, I mean, there's there's just so many uh, layers to it, and I, you know, I can replay that game over and over, and like. I'll get something different out of it, like every time. You know? Is there does there moments in Silent Hill Two that scare you? Uh, not well. Uh, may, maybe maybe some moments, not necessarily scare. No, I wouldn't say scare. It's in more the same ominous way. than scary, right? Yeah, like more. It's it's more it's more mm -hmm. ominous. I've always absolutely loved loved the atmosphere and like the mm -hmm. fog and everything. Um, 
So, you know, like Silent Hill is kind of like my Resident Evil. Like, you know, <laughs> so, some people love Resident Evil, but like, I just, I, I'm, I just, I can't get enough of uh, Silent Hill, you know. Even as a Resident um, Evil fan, I have to give it to Silent Hill as, as, as a, a real work of art in terms of storytelling. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, I've, I've never successfully beat one of those games, but mm -hmm. the atmosphere is beyond reproach. I mean, it's definitely, in that sense, I think it's scarier than, than the Resident Evil games because you're just fighting, you know, B movie monsters in those games and in Silent Hill, uh, the Silent Hill series, it's a, a very emotional kind of terror. Um, I, I I don't normally play games that scare me. It's just I I don't know what necessarily it is. I don't like to get my pants scared off because you know when I'm playing a game, I'm around people. A You're lot. scared, you mean? Yeah, like so I don't like having my skirt <laughs> nor my pants being blown or scared off. <laughs> um, however, that's one of those that has the perfect amount of uh, of like you mentioned environments that will keep you um, keep you tense without oh Jesus, you know, like I, I got to take a break type of uh, like type of game. And uh, yeah, those that whole series is is wonderful. Oh, uh, who says it? Is it Jeff? Jeff, your turn. Mm -hmm. um, okay, my number one uh, is uh, I'm gonna have to kind of qualify and say Baldur's Gate one and two combined. Okay. Um, if I had to pick one, I'll say Baldur's Gate one because it was the first. But that mm -hmm. that Baldur's Gate trilogy of Baldur's Gate one, Baldur's Gate two, and Throne of Ball uh, really introduced me to my like love of Dungeons and Dragons and high mm -hmm. fantasy role playing. Um, you know, I always wanted to be able to play D&D with my friends, but I couldn't get people's attention long enough to, yeah. you know, I mean, we were kids, you know, it took like three recesses to roll our characters and stuff. But this felt like what I imagined it would have been like to play Dungeons and Dragons. And, and you know, you take your character from a, 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 a weakling that could get killed in one hit in the beginning to essentially a, a god at the end of the series. Um, and it kind of pulled it from that quest for glory thing where where you could import your character into the next and the next uh, I always thought was really cool. And, and it's just a revolutionary game. I mean, it put Bioware on the map. We've got all the Mass Effect and Dragon Age and and to some extent, probably the Walking Dead, the Telltale games, which borrowed a lot from those games uh, as a result of of this kind of, you know, landmark RPG title. Real briefly. I want to ask you, since you went to PAX, that's um, they they had the Baldur's Gate um, exhibit, I guess you'll call it, over there. What was your what was your first impressions? Quickly. Oh, go ahead, Geek. Oh no no, I, I oh. wasn't going to say anything. I was oh, asking okay. you, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, it is. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's it's Divinity Three, um, and and that's fine. It's not it's not my Baldur's Gate. Uh, I, I have had the early access for two years now. Um, it's been out for a while. So it, nothing at PAX was new to me, but um, it, it looks, it looks great. It looks like a, a great, um, uh, it looks like a great interpretation of Dungeons and Dragons and I'll, I will play it when it's done. Eek, what did you think? Of, of, of what? Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate? Yeah. At least the exhibit that they had. Uh... Oh, the the exhibit yeah i mean i mean it, you know it was a very uh amazing booth yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was, it, <laughs> it was an amazing booth like yeah like they obviously you know like they obviously spent some time and money on that but, very uh, impressive yeah yeah, yeah but, 
you know, it, it, it's not really something that, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, interested me that much. Yeah, I mean, tea. Sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, that's, I, I've kind of lost my, my love of the, the series long ago. Uh, I, more along the lines of I fell in love with other styles, you know, mm-hmm. than, than that. Uh, my final, uh, my first and favorite game of all time is going to be Star Wars Galaxies. Um, MMO RPG, huge Star Wars fan, and I had a, I was I've flip flopped between my love of that or Lord of the Rings Online if I was to choose a, an MMO, but uh, just that sandbox style of of the world actually being my world and everything about I'm not being it doesn't hold my hand, tell me what to do, where to go. It has a player run environment, player housing, everything. It was uh, the best immersion in a game that uh, that that I've ever played to this day and uh so that holds that holds uh number one place for me no is that a quick rapid fire on honorable mention oh what were you gonna say before that jeff oh i was gonna say is that uh a game where you can pay a lot of money to be better at it oh i'm i I, you know uh, there's like there's always ways that you could do that in, in mmos um yeah but there was gating you know ways that you and there's only one way to do that in that because this is this is one of the older MMOs. You could when Jedi's were came out, you could buy a Jedi Jedi on like eBay for thousands. Oh, of like dollars. oh, like the old EverQuest thing where you could buy accounts. Right. Okay, right, and that's uh, that's about the extent of that. But it's certainly not pay to win in any way, shape, or form. Gotcha. Um, okay, unlike the modern modern MMOs, and so rapid fire geek go. Wait, wait, what is it? Honorable mention. Honorable one honorable mention. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's not in our top three. Um <laughs> uh, uh I I the beholder, I already mentioned it. <laughs> Ooh, rough. Uh, can you give us another then. <laughs> oh, give us oh, another one? My God. Um uh I gotta say uh Apidia. Apidia? Have you heard of Apidia? It's uh it's a shoot 'em up. I huh? I used to it was my favorite shoot 'em up on, on the Amiga. Uh you you play you play as a bee, and uh, all all the all the enemies are insects. So. I love these because, like, uh, Geek plays a lot of games that I never played, and then after we talk, I look them up. And I'm like, wow, these are really really cool. So I always try to get like one more uh, one more game from him at the ends because it expands my <laughs> my knowledge of, of the industry. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's 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 a really it's a really awesome shoot him up and 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 it has it has amazing music by chris hulsbeck who also did the music for turrican um hmm. so yeah jeff um okay well real quick i noticed you had some david cage games on your list so uh i'll go ahead and give a shout out to detroit become human uh, i don't okay. know if that's on your list at all your top 100 but uh i do think uh cinematically speaking it's a really great game i don't think that you know the 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 racial parable necessarily holds up but uh yeah i think that that was a a really amazing uh uh sort of interactive movie storytelling i guess that's an adventure game so maybe it shouldn't be on my my list at this point but yeah it's honorable and you're mentioning it's honorable yeah it's not really (laughs) a point and click adventure so you know uh my final and I guess my only honorable mention is going to be Privateer. Loved it. Okay. Loved that's it. a Wing Commander game, right? It's a Wing Commander game. Uh, it, that's like a an RPG style space yeah. space game. Oh, man, so much fun. 
right. No Mark Hamill, no deal. What's that? No Mark Hamill, no deal. <laughs> I don't know the reference. He's in uh, Wing Commander 3, right? Mark Hamill? Oh, Mark, no, Mark Hamill. No deal. Oh, nice I got it. I thought it was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no Mark Hamill, no deal. You know what? I I think in in Privateer 2, they reference uh, Mark Hamill's character. Okay. So, but. Well, guys, uh, Jeff, we appreciate you coming on. Of course, again, tune in to the next episode. Jeff's going to be on with us as well. But in the meantime, where can we find you, Jeff? uh i guess you could find me on facebook i don't know <laughs> uh my name is jeff tripley look me up uh and i can point you towards some of the fan communities that uh i help run uh and uh yeah uh if anyone out there is a member of classic gamers guild i'm on there too so uh see you around thanks for having me on sorry i hope i didn't steamroll you too much but it's been no, a real it was, pleasure it was awesome and we will no we will no no, no. That. I think I think I think Jeff Jeff should think about about having his own YouTube channel because like, no he, he's, I I got I gotta say he's so he's you guys so have one no I'm kidding <laughs> I gotta say like Jeff Jeff is really really eloquent at uh, like describing you know mm -hmm. like game oh. game game history and like why he likes games and stuff like that he's so much more eloquent than me like because <laughs> I. Because, like, if I don't have a script, I don't know what I'm talking of, talking about. Oh, you guys are too kind. Uh, yeah, you know, one thing I appreciate too is you don't just give off the the same old, you know, descriptions of, of games too. You know, you give it from from your perspective and 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 why, not just uh like well, like uh, I'm guilty of this many 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 times. Oh, it's great graphics, great story, <laughs> you know, great exploration. Yeah, it's an adventure. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah you you go in more specific and and i i truly truly like that uh geek tell everybody remind everybody where they can find you uh well they they can find me uh on youtube uh adventure game geek and also on uh twitter uh point and click geek and that's uh that's about it Let's get Adventure Game Geek to 5,000 subscribers. If and when he does, what was just say when he does, he's going to play uh, play the Space Quest games. For yeah, that's why I, I did say I was going to do that, yeah. In a skirt, right? Yeah, in a skirt. In a skirt. In his... well, no, no, no. <laughs> I heard that. Runaway. I'm going to have to do that for Runaway now. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I do a video for Runaway, I promise I'll wear a skirt. Okay. You know, I'd like, I'd like, well, I can't say I'd like to see that, but uh, hey, this is a weird gaming adventure. I, you know what? I'd like to see that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Josh, weird gaming adventure and adventure game hotspot. Geek, you know the trick. Take us out of here, man. All right. Well, th thank you for listening to uh, uh, to this latest episode, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you. What's what's our outro? We'll see you. In the next one, or what? See what you when say? we see you. I don't know. <laughs> and, and we love you in a weird way. We love you in a weird way. That's we love right. you in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs>